It's okay to be the hero, as long as you win. themed podcast roundtable we have aaron white welcome welcome hi and oliver rockside from the 27th precinct podcast welcome oliver uh thank you very much for having us Cam. absolutely and, man, there's plenty of podcasts and don't get me wrong we've done plenty of retrospects on one chicago svu and the fbi's it's time to visit the recent uh insurrection of the og law and order joining the cast for the long-running show it is technically the 21st and 22nd seasons we have returning as the district attorney jack mccoy played by sam waterston we have a bunch of newcomers we briefly had senior detective kevin bernard show up as well as the newcomers, junior detective Frank Cosgrove, played by Burn Notices, Jeffrey Donovan, Lieutenant Dixon, played by Cameron Manheim of the Practice and Person of Interest fame. We have uh, uh, Assistant DA uh, Samantha Maroon, played by newcomer Adelia Halevi, who you can see in Black Adam and uh, White Women Kill. You have Executive uh, D.A. Nolan Price, played by Hugh Dauncey of Downton Abbey 2 and The Path fame. And uh, he was also previously on Hannibal. Uh, returning and brief guest spots are Assistant D.A. Jamie Ross from the original show, Lawyer Sanford Reams, played by Dylan Baker. And um, uh, we also have I know it's a lot to go for you guys. <laughs> uh, Dave <laughs> Saver, uh, played by Michael Boatman, returning, as well as uh, various other uh, multi-character actors, and even uh, uh, potential rumors of uh, uh, just other characters that might rejoin the show. Uh, uh, other recent additions uh, to the cast are Violent Yi, played by... Uh, Connie Shi of Jimmy Schmidt fame, as well as uh, Detective Shaw, played by uh, I think it's uh, Dakob. How do I pronounce that? I should have thought of that. I think it's Mikad Brooks. Yeah, Mikad Brooks, Mikad Brooks of Mortal Kombat and Desperate Housewives fame. So we got a giant cast. We've had we're already into the second year. It's been back, and they've already done a big giant three-parter crossover with both SVU and organized crime Stabler show. And 
once again, there's no shortage of content. We've had some so many much material that's mirroring today's uh, deal. We've had uh, a lot of uh, ones that are so you know Elon Musk inspired and Silicon Valley s as well as uh, ones dealing with uh, uh, Asian American hate crimes. We 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 have a whole roster of stuff to choose from. Um, uh, so, how how uh, long have you guys been with the franchise? Were you there from day one, or have you did you uh, get into it in reruns? Well, so when I was growing up, uh, Law and Order was aired on A and E, a network that likely doesn't exist anymore. Nineties every day. I want to say from five p.m. to midnight or so. So it was it's pretty the- common. Yeah. It was the backdrop of my upbringing. Uh, so if it wasn't The Simpsons, it was Law and Order. So I feel like um, it's been part of the fabric of my growing up. And so it's really interesting to return to it now, later in life, as people are trying to resurrect these ideas. But so I would say, I mean, some of this I watched when it was new and some of it would have already been in rerun. But uh, I am have been a fan for probably more years than I care to admit. But Oliver... <laughs> I yeah the eleven o'clock uh, showing uh, on Annie was my lullaby um, <clears throat> every night. Um, I have this weird thing of having to go to sleep with the TV on. Um, my you're, sleep you're not timer, alone. My, my <laughs> sleep timer alone. gets a workout. Um, <clears throat> but that's how I kind of I maybe discovered it five. Well, it would have been four seasons in because that's when the syndication would take over. That's what Sam um, Waterston would then yeah, join yeah, the following year. Yeah. Yeah. And so they would go back and do the, the Zunza ones and the, the Sorvino ones. And so that's what really got me addicted to it because at that particular time, there was nothing like it on TV. Yeah. I mean, it truly was OG in a, in a police procedural way. Um, so that's where I got, a, got the bug as it were. And the 27 precinct, you know, it's just so wild how it's been just loosely just referenced in other New York based shows. It's even uh, to make it even more meta. It's in a they mentioned it in a NYPD Blue episodes. They're like, OK, I guess they're in the same universe to New York. Such right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just and like you say, it's like you know, you'll see some people really praise it, you know, like when when they like a compelling crime show that's trying to be somewhat plausible. And then you'll see others who could never get into that or csi and it's like well there's a difference between all these procedurals just like there's a difference between all these sopranos oz and breaking bad type gangster and crime filler shows it just seems like i guess audiences have become a little more cynical and yet you know this still had a high turnout a lot of people were just like stoked it's like wow okay some of the familiars are back and then this whole new roster is played by reliable character actors and they're down and right uh uh, there's been all kinds of stuff here so far, including, uh, you know, military foul play. There, uh, I was really digging the, uh, uh, how, uh, they had like, uh, just, uh, Manhattan socialites, uh, an oxycodone one that, you know, impacted uh the newest uh, DA uh, Price personal background is like man they, they're really trying to change this up really pretty well to make uh, you can't not be edgy on law and order You're, you gotta have just like some kind of gray morale or just something to make the court case stand out because that's what you're really looking for is just that wham 
wham full filled uh speech <laughs> you're just like mm-hmm. ooh, that got me <laughs> i mean i think one thing we talked about on the 27th precinct quite a bit is how this show does a very good job of maintaining its character but also picking up on the news items of the day so oh, just you're describing right these sort of very you know 2022 storylines but that fit a framework that was established you know 30 years ago yeah, uh, and even that's true. It's they're, they're much like today's procedurals, you know, or let alone even real life cops are still having to use old tactics, you know, uh, and use what very limited technology you might even have, depending on your district. You know, we're we're seeing all kinds of stuff that was important then; it's still important now. We see Lieutenant Dixon use sign language in one episode, and I was like, okay, see, not everyone can do that, but that's a invaluable thing that I don't think everyone everyone likes to downplay is and yes it 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 does do a lot of the same stuff just still so well like it never left the airwaves <laughs> you're still seeing the same organized SWAT team and DNA collecting and then planning a proper legal defense for something that's just very hard to prosecute and uh I was did, did you guys catch uh how some of the popular actors uh, who are now doing a lot of directing, directed a few episodes. We saw Melina Govich, who you might know as Cassidy, as well as uh, Elizabeth Rome, Serena, the DA. You know, it's just like they each directed a few episodes. It's like interesting. Uh, it's cool to see. You never leave that Dick Wolf family, basically. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they were kind of make dues. I, I think they were, probably. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was probably trying to make up for how badly he treated both of their characters. <laughs> um, Maybe. Uh, yeah, you know. the Cameron Mannheim one is is interesting because um, I'm not a she big fan of. She was on the Cam- show. She, yeah, she was a. She was in third season where she was an interpreter for a deaf client. So. Uh, oh wow! So obviously, um, ASL is part of is on her resume. I would guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, she's been she was a guest actor, I think I think twice or three times in various early times days. in SVU. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh but uh no it it it's funny about the structure because um Aaron Aaron knows me well enough to know that whenever they go outside of the structure, I immediately do an eye roll because I hate when they vary from the structure. Um because that's to me is what makes the show. <clears throat> no, that's fine. I whatever uh you know makes it for you and this is what's interesting is just seeing what makes fans fall in love with the show versus what drives them crazy i I was this way with ray donovan where it's just like okay that's a cool subplot that needed to end five episodes ago (laughs) right (laughs) you've you've worn yourself out and uh so far uh you know other than the crossover uh there was like maybe one or two cases that kind of to me felt like they were meant to be svu episodes and they just had again cosgrove and shaw solve it instead but other than that it seems still pretty old school they're not trying to have it be any necessarily too morbid or more gruesome than usual i don't i don't have an objection to when they do a case that may have been an svu case um to me, the best episode of this particular season um, was one that perhaps SVU would have dipped their toe in. Uh, but uh, I know as long as as long as they give me 22 minutes of law and 22 minutes of order, and I don't have to know about anybody's personal life, I, I'm there. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so far, they they seem to 
it, it seems like when Law and Order kind of had a habit of whenever there was a new detective or new uh, assistant DA introduced, they always had second thoughts like, holy shit, how to get into this? And they didn't really do it this time around. I was like, no, you're set for the count. You're the new guy and you're do- good at what you do. So it was like, uh, I kind of wish they could have at least given Bernard kind of a farewell, but it was what it was. I I, I think they were just like, okay, uh, I was I was the starter. Same thing with Jack McCoy. You kind of wish you could see him do another speech, but you just know, okay, Sam Watterson, you got up there in age. He's, he's just not going to do a speech. We we have, again, 10 plus years of earlier speeches to dig through. So, uh, we're just going to have to have him just introduce the cases now. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I like how uh, Price and uh, uh, just when, when he sets off to do a case, He's all kind of about how am I going to do this? And they keep you in suspense. How is he, what surprises is he going to have in the courtroom? And then um, uh, Samantha is kind of so wild. I, Adelia just, yeah, she's a newcomer and an Israeli actress. She looks so much like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to me where I'm like, she should be in that biopic. She can claim that right. But um, uh, it, she doesn't have any second thoughts about anything. She's just a matter of, can I live with this? And it was interesting how they had to have her. Uh, it seemed like every other female DA often got a he said, she said case. And she was getting more of, hey, you know, I can use this person as a witness, but it's unfortunately going to slut shame them or disgrace their name. And I got to live with that. So it's an interesting arc that they got for her on a lot of these cases now. <laughs> Well, we talk a lot about, I think we we like that character, but we think yeah. she's often underused because I think you yeah. hit on something important. Like she's really good in the episodes where there's kind of a moral gray area uh, or, or kind of a, you know, a questionable task that needs to be done. Like she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. And she's a character I think that could have a lot of depth, but some episodes she gets it and some episodes she's window dressing so i don't know what the writers are going to do with that character i want to see her continue into i hope so yeah (laughs) um and continue to kind of grow with her um but it's it's really uneven what she if she gets much to do in an episode uh, we, we we can only hope. Uh, I I I'm with you. It does seem like she'll get a lot of screen time. And same thing with the cops. Like sometimes you'll get a lot of moments with Cosgrove and uh, Bernard and this this season Shaw. And then other times she's like, okay, they they already did a badass r- arrest, but it was only ten minutes. Now we're we're going straight into the crime solving and then the prosecution. Um, and I, I think I think Aaron and I kind of want Maroon and Price to switch. <laughs> um, yes, we because, do. Because Price, like I, I thought Hugh Dancy was fantastic in Hannibal. I loved Hannibal. I thought it yeah. was very underrated. I've never watched Downton, Downton Abbey, so I don't know. I can't make a comparison there. Yeah, just, just he was just in one of the movies, just a brief supporting part. But yeah, but uh, the, I, I'm with you. I found him to be very weak yeah. in this particular iteration. Uh, Reiteration, uh, and Maroon to me is the is the star of this show. I mean, among the six characters, I think she is the breakout person, and certainly the one who seems to be um, giving it a hundred percent. Because sometimes Aaron and I somewhat doubt 
whether other people are giving 100 um, percent no no that's a good point because price kind of would get a lot of screen time at first but he didn't really you didn't see a method to his madness until like much later same thing with the lieutenant is like it's like okay good actress introducing everything but she's not getting as it took about like i think the seventh episode before much like van buren she gets to uh spearhead a campaign or a or or a big part of the proceedings you know or be like cap captain benson you know on svu where he's right. like okay i'm gonna uh lead this manhunt and get justice for this victim and then introduce it to the courts and cosgrove was kind of the same way at two at first we didn't see enough about him until like much later where he's like hey i need to find out who killed my cop friend or this and that this one rapist who threatened my daughter and uh yeah maroon does seem to he's like okay yeah we, we need to have her get her own like five plus episodes where she does her own thing you know like jack Phillips, i think like one of the things the torch. i think one of the unique things about this is that i can't even say i mean i was a big fan of abby carmichael but i i can't even say that um any of the assistant da's that we've had brooks you know carmichael um uh, yeah brooks is robinette that's a good point yeah, yeah, yeah. robinette um uh you know all of these people we i never got the feeling that one should be replacing uh michael moriarty or sam waterston no but that's in a good point no, in this so in this in this particular amalgam of of characters i think maroon like if i was i was jack i'd just go you two we're switching <laughs> yeah yeah it does make you wish they could be more like svu or even criminal intent you know like uh intent would do that a lot okay this episode it's himes and yeah uh, wheeler Okay, now well, I have a, to I, I have a terrible soft spot for the first five seasons of Criminal Intent. I think people for it's I think it's people have forgotten it, but the first I five agree. seasons yeah. were fantastic. Yeah, it, it seemed like after a while it then became a Gorn versus uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character battle. It's like this isn't it's a contest. Just, <laughs> you know, being a Star Trek fan, I get used to scenery chewing. It's part of it's part of the deal when you're a Star Trek yeah. fan. No, and, the Star Trek's a good contrast. This and, was and pretty much like that. D'Onofrio just chews so much scenery. And yeah. it it but the, the brilliance though is in it speaking of casting, is that Catherine Urbe is who is another unsung person in the Law and Order yeah. universe, is the one who who kind of balances that out because she's yeah. such an understated actor actor. Um but getting back to the Law and Order thing, yeah, I, I think Maroon should be uh I, I I think Yi as well. I mean, I we love Yi. We think yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, you talk about Yi, Aaron, because I, I, the other two don't do anything. <laughs> well, and so this is what we find where, although I'm, I'm warming up to the Shaw character and liking him quite a bit. Where I think we felt that in this new incarnation, the the law side of the episodes are often lacking. And so we see these two men kind of bumble around and then Violet Yi pops up with some astute observation. Yeah. Or some hot the first gal they, they had. Find, they but she's always name. saving the day, you know, in her understated kind of um, second tier character sort of way. But I think, I, I, like I think they'll give her more. Unlike some of the other uh, detectives who would only be seen seated, seated at a desk. Uh, but yeah, I was in love with her when she was just responding to that, you know, asian-american hate crime she's like 
I, I need to be more and more heavily involved with this. And I'm like, yes, you should, please. Well, they didn't even they didn't even name her to begin with. And and Aaron and I had an ongoing joke about calling her Lady Profaci because they they wouldn't they wouldn't tell yeah, us who she I was. I barely heard Yay pronounced. And it's, it's kind of how I am with some seasons of Criminal Minds when someone joins but they're not even in the opening credits. You're like, oh, right. you better be paying them more than a guest star. <laughs> I need to know who I'm ta- following. <laughs> but yeah. I have heard rumors of Robinette making a cameo. I uh, love that. I loved yeah. Robinette. I yeah, better totally. have the laptop though. <laughs> he probably won't. And I know. Uh, I know. Angie, I, I did hear stuff about Angie Harmon's Abby Carmichael and even uh who was another one who was uh teased. Uh uh, maybe another appearance by uh Detective Green by Jesse L. Martin or Curtis oh, by Benjamin Bratt. It's a maybe. You we know. could live without Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, no. Not a Curtis fan. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, everyone, we... What I like about the show is that, of course, everyone has their own taste, right? And I speak no, very strongly I... and confidently about my own. <laughs> but there's enough different kinds of characters where everyone can have their favorite detectives. Everyone's no, got it's their fine. favorite <laughs> Right? And so that's what I love about it, where as much as I'll trash talk the Benjamin Bratt character all day, someone loves that character, right? And they should. <laughs> he was on for four years. <laughs> but it offers something to, it offers something, I think, to different kinds of audiences and different kinds of people with different tastes. And this show, part of its strength is, like, it's mass appeal without diluting what they're trying to do. And that's hard. Oh, no, that that, that is true. And sometimes it also... I, I like the contrast to Star Trek because it is kind of, regardless of who is or isn't your favorite captain or secondhand or ter- tertiary character, you know, it's still, it's filmed in a way where you just can't not look at what's happening on screen. It's just something compelling about it. Even, like, I, I have my issues with a lot of the Chicago PD guys who are just breaking about every single law. <laughs> uh, to where I'm like, I'm not sure I root for them anymore, but I just can't not look at them because the show is intriguing and uh, so it is like you say it is interesting how uh just some of them just really stand out and then depending on whether you like or don't like that character you're like well i mean they're effective but i want a little less screen time of that one. <laughs> well on the episode that came out on december the 12th so the day that we're recording uh, we did it. We we did have some Christmas wishes, and one of them was, and one of them was a, a casting. So I will leave it at that, so people can go and listen to the episode. Listen to the but, episode, guys. But uh, it was none of the people that you mentioned. But um, but uh, yes, we are hoping we are hoping for more uh, guest stars uh, or guest uh, reappearances. I, they can't not. I mean, there was one actor who was playing Judge Fields, I think, for a few episodes. And I was like, I, I know that guy. He's been on the show like five to seven times. <laughs> it's a pretty big episode. So like you say, it is interesting just doing a typical, oh, yeah, someone who's, you know, only been here a dozen different times. They might as well be a cast member, even though they're, they're a different character each episode. But yeah, there's plenty of other ones who it's like... Uh, they're going in an interesting way. It'd be interesting to see if they actually can flesh them out some more, give them more screen time. Uh, oh, and so without you know spoiling your surprise, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other ones we could dig up again. Who is like, yeah, they they're they're pretty as heavily associated with the franchise. Um, I don't think you would see Connie anytime soon because you know, <laughs> uh, 
uh, what's her name from uh, uh, FBI is just so busy on that show as like the main supervisor and yeah, I don't think we'll ever see. I don't think we'll ever see Alana De Garza again, or or Jeremy uh, Sisto, or Cyrus, or, yeah, <laughs> or Annie Parisi. Um, uh, no, well, didn't you she know, Annie, die? Annie, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Annie Parisi. Didn't she pass away? Really? No, no. What? I mean the character. Oh. Who am I thinking of? Um, oh, the well, yeah, she was. She was. She was killed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's sorry, what I thought about you meant that. The yeah, like, oh, no. No. yeah. No. She's yeah, fine. No. <laughs> Any yeah, Parisi, mean, Annie Parisi, Alexandra Borgia is kind of the forgotten DA, I, and that, yeah, that even evidence Jack's, of it. I've forgotten that she was killed. Yeah, Jack spends a huge ass episode avenging her death. We got to find yeah. a killer. <laughs> um, she's in a show, uh, Friends from College, on Netflix, which oh, yeah. oh, I nice. enjoyed, but I think a lot of people didn't. So, um, but it's nice to see Annie Parisi do something different. She was on Person of Interest, I know, but yeah, I didn't follow some of her other stuff, but she's. She's been in a lot of big giant TV projects. So, <laughs> yeah, she was in. She did some. Uh, she did Band of Brothers, didn't she? That, was that sounds Tom about Hanks. right. I think she yeah. was on one of those yeah. big epic yeah. miniseries. So, the like, like you say, all these guys got at least five different big, big roles that are street cred. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, is there any other just like type of uh, mystery or? court case you'd like to see them kind of deal with so one thing i have been sorely lacking is a case with a scummy boyfriend with a wealthy wife who disappears mm. that's just that i think is an archetypal case yeah because <laughs> they've done the a bunch of the Claude order offers no but is it plainly missing from these last two seasons yes i would really like yeah, to see the most we you know, had the return just of the few... boyfriend suspect I think the closest we got was the one uh, fashion guy, but that was about it. Yeah, the rest are typical. Uh, it's like they're trying to have them all stand out, but there are moments where you just kind of wish they could kind of get maybe an SVU type case or uh, some other kind of thing that's going to involve some heavy just uh, sampling through social media profiles. Because <laughs> there's so much they're doing now. It's like they couldn't even in the last like four years of the original run that even then they tried to make it be less tech savvy and more just uh, uh, reading between the lines, coming up with a proper defense. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd like to, I mean, this is going to sound morbid, but um, I think sometimes with some of the best episodes of Law and Order are about, are about serial killers. And, yes. you know, I, I understand that, you know, you being a fan of criminal minds, this is, always a thing on criminal minds but within the law and order universe there's two that stand out to me is one of the guy who was a serial killer who let his lawyer come and see the bodies and the episode became about the lawyer not violating his ethics which was absolutely fantastic i, and I, I remember were, that one that was really good yeah and then there was another one from texas and yes. uh, and <laughs> Abby got involved in that, and because the, the actual accused would have just had such a terrible disdain for women that he wouldn't he wouldn't deal with Abby, and it was a fantastic episode. So I'd like to see I, I'd like to see how they do uh, with one of those, and you know, as it seems to be going, Yi will will solve it, and and Maroon will prosecute it. <laughs> it just seems to be going that way. <laughs> 
Maroon will yeah, make a shady point. emotional plea at some <laughs> yeah. like dark pool hall where she shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, and that's how they'll solve the case, you know? Like that's yes. work, you know. With with Sorry. a bucket of with a bucket of tequila. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We lost track of how many times Logan was out of his district and like you say, Cutter would uh almost get suspended by Jack and plenty of other people have I I'm surprised didn't Jack end up uh, in contempt in one yes. episode <laughs> he had to uh, he in. ended up in contempt with one episode which was the homicide crossover which that's what it was the yes. homicide crossover episode. great show great crossover. He's, been, he's been censured by the law by by the about the um the drunk driver remember yeah 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 and he got oh, censured man. by the the law boards or whatever they're called uh so yeah he's been in trouble too uh, remember jack was a lawbreaker or a rule breaker rather uh, oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. one episode i want to say season seven or eight where he flat out like is that is fault he's asking for help from jamie and then he's going to a few others is like i'm gonna have to subpoena you if you don't come down <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one episode where i think he just it's definitely an SBU episode, even where he just goes up to Casey Novak and is like, "Prosecutor, I'm firing you." It's just like, after a while, he kind of just—I wouldn't say he got hardened. I think he just got to where he's like, "You got to play the game now," and here I am having to tell you, having yeah, to do stuff we, that is, I never wanted to do. This is my hot take: is that I think we're, we we have to bring this up that Sam Waterston maybe we need to get someone new uh in that no, that's fine i uh there are some episodes where he really brings it and there's other episodes where he's kind of like did they do that in one take <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes 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 we're like what is happening like why why is there a five percent effort on this scene come on why, why is his hair not brushed it's pretty low-key but i know what you mean and uh, i've noticed it with some of because he was really good in uh, that one uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie, uh, The Meaning of Sex or something, where he was like a uh, opposing uh, uh, law firm in that. So it does make me wonder if he just has different energy levels, if he can't be on set too long because he's getting up there in age. I, I don't know, because they do such a good job for the most part of trying to hide everyone's, you know. How many times can you say you've seen an infamous actor give a really surprisingly unrecognizable performance on any of these Law & Order shows? Right. And then other times where you're like, ooh, I think they just barely got by. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's excellent in Grace and Frankie, and that's also... Yeah, right? it's just so like, funny because, yeah, he was working with actors who he'd worked with multiple times on other movies and shows on that one, and he got to do comedy for once where he's like you'd see jack do something witty but for the most part he was pretty dry and just kind of like well i guess we're gonna do this yeah so it does make me wonder if and plus he can't be district attorney forever you know <laughs> and uh I, I would like to see a van buren reappearance i know it probably won't yes. happen because esapartha markison is so busy with chicago med and broadway <laughs> but just a thought just putting it out there because uh, what, what did you guys think of where the, uh, of uh, her or uh, Dennis Farina's uh, Fontana character? So, I mean, I, I think we're big Van Buren fans. And yeah. I even like the way, um, I mean, it's interesting because that character, I think we get much more of a glimpse into her personal private world than many other characters. Yeah, right? she dealt Before, with the cancer scare the last 
yeah here the show was on they had the counselors you know played by jk simmons and carolyn mccormick would have some pretty deep arcs sometimes so yeah it's yeah so it's, it's um <laughs> exactly i mean and the thing is they do it sparingly like the show is not really about the show is really about what's happening in the case right but the right. texture of it i like I like the depth they give to that Van Buren character. And I also mm-hmm. just like who she is as an op- like, a, like there's one particularly interesting episode where she um, essentially makes some um, prejudiced assumptions about, you know, a young black man around her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It goes bad. And that to me, like the height, that episode is so nuanced and so complicated and it just shows uh, that character and the actor carries it in such a, an amazing way that I don't know. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I do almost anything to have her call somebody little girl in season 23. <laughs> <laughs> Farina, Farina was a mystery to me. And, and I think yeah. that this was, this was a, a fault of the writers and this may have been why he took a powder after two years. I think it was two years. He took a powder. Um, is that they kind of presented him with, you know, a lot of flash, you know, he had the gangster role, he had the, he had the bends and everybody's wondering where all of this money came from. And then they never explain it. I, I, I concur. I, 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 you know, you know, the show is, is constantly on repeat on, you know, women's yeah. entertainment TV and they have all the trivia and other fun bumpers and re-edits. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, my, my theory is much like with, Unfortunately, we can't have them back now because much like no, Frisco, yeah. uh, uh, they they have left us, these actors. But um, it, I do felt like they wanted to make them, a, you know, much like some of the shady characters Farina had played when he wasn't playing a cop based on his real life. Yeah, it was just, yeah. It, it just was never explained. And just to bring it back to the last two seasons, 21 and 22, this is something that has bothered me. Um is that much like Farina, it doesn't seem like they do the details very well. Now, as yeah, I was saying, there, he had that one partner of his, Falco, played by Mike Imperioli of the Sopranos. Yeah. And I saw oh, some yeah. people really like him, yeah. and I, he just never did it for me. And it was nothing against the character. I just always felt like they kind of pushed him on the viewer and then only got detailed with him. And then they replaced him with like a few other people for a few episodes because oh that's right we're trying to have him be green's re- replacement and then oh he's back now being accused of being a dirty cop i'm like well that's a little overwhelming <laughs> i'm like what's yeah that was here? that was i think jesse l martin was doing was was filming the movie rent yes that's why he that's why he went away <laughs> but in this particular last season and a half i think the details again we're missing them in in you know Aaron and I were discussing this is that the the themes have been very good but the details they just haven't gotten right and that's been my major complaint with the last year and a half like in how they solved the crime uh, well you know the episode that we've just done they have a they have a, uh I won't spoil it for anybody but they they have a video <laughs> of a crime being committed and they never explain where this video came from I didn't think of that yeah they and they were, never they never explain they yeah. the veracity of the videotape it, it hasn't been edited has it not been edited where did it come from you know little details like this and this is something that law and order especially in the early years were very good about were about the details yeah uh, I I don't know if they're being given notes uh focus more on 
because it seems like the as detailed as they get is halfway you know they find additional info and then they decide okay so now we got to prosecute it this way because if we do it this way we're going to probably lose because there's too much reasonable doubt and i kind of like that but i'm with you there are times where there's like one or two like they'll introduce dna sample but they still aren't able to introduce it they get caught blocked by the defense or like you say they'll they'll find a few other things and you're just like but wait whoa, 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 whoa. i think i missed something did i fast forward by accident what, what happened <laughs> uh so uh and rick i you know the main showrunner you know he's been involved with all the dickwood productions and plenty of other uh procedurals so it is a good question it does make you wonder if they could be a little more interactive on twitter and like we could we the fans could give some suggestions because i know they'd take it probably <laughs> we'd like them to take our suggestions there you go <laughs> we've been, we've been doing every single episode uh, i mean I, I was i'm this way with the new csi i they they bring back characters but they don't make any real difference they might as well be featured extras hot take i, I really don't like the new csi it's kind of a hate watch for me and so it is a good question of is like are we just getting too old for this or is it just they focus too much on bringing the characters back and not giving them a storyline you know worthy of their exploration and so that's where i am with csi but i am with you guys there's some good there's some stuff that could be done better on this new law and order um would you like to see them do more five uh two-parters or is that only once in a while <laughs> okay all right no, it's good to know. Some people like two parters, other people hate crossovers because it means more hours. No, I didn't. I didn't mean to. Inter- I didn't mean to interrupt it, Aaron. No, did you fine. want more? Did you want more two parters? Yeah, well, no, I-, I think what we like about it is right. This is about creativity within constraint. How many different yeah. ways can you tell a story within the same, you know, formulation? And well, so, yeah, no, like when they mess with the formula. To- um, I tend to like these more than Oliver does when they mess with the formula, but I I think they should be rare. Like the three part one. So I'll I'll admit I don't watch the spinoffs. I am like a died in the wool classic law and order only. No, it's fine. I like the OG the most. And but, um, but watching the spinoffs, I was like, for people who watch all these series, that was probably amazing. Like all that connection. Like between- oh, I dug it. But yeah. I I understand because like Oliver mentioned earlier, you know criminal intent would often was at its best when it they found different ways to light the room and get a confession out of the criminal and you know the uh like you said earlier aaron you know it is kind of like star trek where you gotta unfortunately start it the same and end it the same and in between is the different formula shifting but at the same time it, it is it's it's a hard puzzle if you deviate too much you've really lost everyone and if you don't stand out then you're just kind of a repeat of the last five episodes that were like that and much like star trek there are people i've talked to is like they have only seen criminal intent or svu or they've only seen the original and they never caught up with it or i mean i've even met homicide fans who they they are so loyal to david simon they they will watch homicide or the wire but they don't like saying elsewhere law and order crossovers i'm like interesting so it is you know different strokes for different folks you know it's different. i think the other thing that, that the writers have to deal with in present day is the fact that they are de- have to deal with a 22 year history of this particular 22 show. what can we do that you didn't and, already see in season and, five or something and aaron and i have become imprinted 
by what we, you know, the thrilling season three to season, there was a break there with Benjamin Bratt, but then, you know, to Jesse L. Martin and, and Lenny and Jerry Orbach. Let's just say I season mean, nine. Yeah. yeah, we got, we got that. That's been imprinted upon us. So the writers have to deal with our expectations, you know, right. and I do, I do understand that to your part. I, I think it, I can only name one two-parter that I really enjoyed, and that was in the first season, and that was a, an episode called "The Torrents of Greed," which was a mob, uh, which, which was about, yeah. um, which was about uh, Teflon Don. Um, his name escapes me at the moment. Well, no, uh, John Gotti, yeah. uh, you know, based on the John Gotti story, and Aaron hates mob mob uh, episodes. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> Um, but every every other else, I mean, they did that dreadful three parter to going to Los Angeles, which was terrible. That was it with like with, with the Gilmore Girl and all that kind of stuff. It was just awful. I actually don't remember that one much. But... Oh well, then you're oh, in, you're. It's okay. Yeah, you <laughs> <have to> rewatch. <laughs> I mean, uh, I will say the lowest point for me was actually watching Law and Order L.A. Oh, I never it watched it. It was bad because it didn't know what it wanted to be. I like conviction because that dealt with uh march uh right. and, and company and i actually liked uh bb newarth from fraser and yeah, cheers yeah. uh trial by jury um even conviction or not conviction uh chicago justice was interesting because that bridged the whole chicago universe together while showing uh moriarty's you know next to kin yeah uh but yeah uh law and order la was a mess because it's like they had they didn't make use of LA. It's like they were afraid to deviate everything. They aired the episodes out of order. That was the low point for me because so I, I think that's just it. This is a New York show. And it's funny that you bring that up. Anytime they've tried to go to LA or sneak in Detective Munch or Van Buren in a crossover episode somewhere, it's kind of been just there wasn't any need for that. But yeah, no, it there's so many ways this can go. Uh it seems like it's it's still got enough momentum to bring long time and new time fans in. Um, any prediction on uh, just, uh, we've already done our predictions on characters that'll possibly make a welcome cameo and uh, types of crimes we'd like to see. Um, who would you like to see as the new district attorney? Oh, you're going to spoil since, my Since we brought it up, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, okay. That's okay, but I'll let Aaron go first. Because it could very well be my Sam Waterston. I wouldn't be surprised if three, two to three years from now, he's like, you know, I, I'm giving acting up. You know, I, I got to take. I, some I time. believe I believe he's 82 now, so he, he is older. has to be at least. He's 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 older than Stephen Hill was when he retired. So, oh, that's um, a good point. Yeah, Stephen, man, he got up there so much in age, yeah. and you were almost expecting him to unintentionally like be more like his mission impossible character at times. yeah way back to back to aaron, aaron who do you want to be the new da so i don't have a particular wish okay. um but i think what i want for that role is someone who does the politician role well oh. right like someone who is not like mired in the day-to-day -day dynamics of the particular case but someone who is able to think about you know from a and bring to us the viewer what is political interference or um, motivation or support of these files look like so i want that character who should play them i don't know 
you probably have a better it could be a newbie or it could be a long time guy who's just I've seen on a lot of those Dick Wolf shows. It could be any other person who I've seen on Sopranos or Oz or SVU. That'd be fine by me. It would just, as long as it just kind of, they do something great with it. Cause I've lost track of so many other crime shows who, like you say, is like they introduced a new cast member and they gave them nothing. Like uh, there's maybe two seasons of Criminal Minds, for instance, I skip just cause I don't learn anything new about the characters. I didn't find the mysteries interesting and the new people they added on were dreadful. And that says a lot because they were great in other roles I saw. Them. <laughs> That's how I am with this new CSI. I'm like, if I've seen you guys be good on this show and that show, but had I only seen you on this show, I would have thought you were a bad actor. You know, <laughs> so it is about exposure and seeing what we've seen them in. I can think of a few guys who could be a non, not so sleazy politician that would be perfect for this, but that would be an interesting predicament. Would we want to have them uh, maybe like Captain Cragen, where they've had a complex past and they come up in a crime case somewhere along the way, or they got to be more like Jack where I'm noble, but I got to play office politics. I, I don't know that that would be an interesting predicament. And I'm sure like you guys mentioned earlier, as a writer, it's gotta be really difficult to make each episode stand on its own accord. <laughs> and then yeah, my, my, hol- my holiday wish was that uh, the new DAB Danielle Melnick, yeah, I, I think that would just be fantastic. Uh, oh, no. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it would be perfect because um, it was never overtly explained whether McCoy and her had a relationship, uh, but it certainly was. Uh, they seem to be buddies at least. And, and I definitely think so. Cause Jack would talk about a lot of his marriage, his failed marriages with her. And by that point, I think he was on like his fourth of his fifth. one. You know, so. And they did. And they used to, they used to do Aaron's favorite setting, which is the, the DA restaurant, uh, you know, and, um, and unfortunately again, yeah. Cause all the other ones who we otherwise might've said have unfortunately left us, you know, like yeah. I love Jill Hennessy, but Claire died so, in a very tragic car accident. So we can't bring her back. Yeah, don't remind me of that episode either. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, <laughs> I hated that episode. Um, uh, but uh, no, that would be. But that would, uh, Daniel uh, Melnick would be uh, just uh, a super uh, choice, I think, for the new DA. Oh, but uh, Novik, uh, not Casey Novik. Uh, you mean? No, uh, her, the actor's name is Tova Felshud. Uh, she was. She. She was. You may remember her because remember she got shot by the white supremacist and that was kind of her exit oh, out of the show. <laughs> was no, she survived. But, I think but, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. She, she was one of the few who didn't French exit the show. Like as you were saying earlier, a lot of characters disappear without a trace. Yeah, even detectives like Bernard or like folks we've known for a long time. Like, yeah, they just evaporate just into the ether one day. Yeah, she actually had a proper exit to her storyline. But she did live, so she for sure could come back. She she might come back. Uh, I can see some of these other judges. And it's just so wild how when Jamie came back, she's still an assistant DA, which is so wild because on trial by jury, she was a judge for one episode. So I think she must have revoked that. And so that's too much trouble. <laughs> yeah, Aaron and I were wondering about that as well. Is It was a stunt cast, but it was kind of, again, there was no detail. Is like she working under Jack? 
Is she in yeah, another jurisdiction? Uh, uh, there's no way she's working under Jack. <laughs> so she's in another jurisdiction, but that wasn't be. explained. See, this but is what yes. I mean about the, the details, right? I it's agree. Like, it could be more details. I'm just saying. It's like, I, I can definitely infer it. It's like, where, where she, because she, much like, you know, Abby, when Abby and Carmichael and Claire, for instance, you know, differed on something that, they were working on with Jack, you could understand at least that they respectfully disagree and could still not compromise their friendship or work relationship. Yeah, it was like, Jamie, you could kind of tell that, you know, she definitely didn't get along with facing off with Abby on court cases. And I think, I mean, just her recurring uh, husband who was abusing their uh, privilege of their divorce, I I think she just kind of got to just... uh, I don't trust anybody. I'm closing you all out. I'm my own, you know, I'm my own deal. I I, I got this. And so, no, that, that that's a good point. Cause I would like whoever gets to be the next DA, I don't want it to be a repeat of like, I, I didn't mind the plot line, but remember when there's a few shady guys who Jack's having to combat for his run as district attorney. And so whoever it does, it better be, it better be earned. It better not be, hey, I'm bribing you or taking something you said out of context so I can force you to step down. <laughs> this isn't the West Wing. I love the West Wing, <laughs> but let's let's make it a little, uh, like like you guys say, like make there be someone who's like kind of honorable but imperfect, and then just kind of introduce just some kind of natural competition. Like it, it could be like, hey, I I can't run. I'm just I'm not feeling it, or I. It could be Jack gets defeated and then he has to pass the torch. He's he he could literally go up to Sam or Nolan and just be like, "You want to remain here, or you want to, you know, if you want, I can refer you to a different firm." That I wouldn't mind that either. If there's like three different firms determining a lot of the court cases and whichever the main DA's office is, that 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 would be cool. If it's because I always got a gist of that when on SVU, whenever someone would be the new captain or something, it was always cool from any kind of procedural standpoint, are they going to get along or are they all going to want to quit? You know? Uh, I think Jack needs to do something truly in keeping with the origins of the Jack McCoy character, but right? so controversial that after that, he's not electable anymore. Like, I think we need a, like, show That would be cool. A huge... And- like go out with a bang like he's been with the series forever like that's how we need to see i want it with a bang not a whimper like i'm worried that he like disappears or fades away from the story but i think they yeah can do i am worried really about that interesting where he's just not electable because of some truly courageous controversial thing he does now what that thing is i don't know but nbc should put me in that writer's room oh and, the, and there you go and then sam and nolan open up a court case he faced elderly abuse you know you are sure. <laughs> prejudicing against him because he's whatever age <laughs> but yeah no that I, i'm with you it can't be just uh and i'm simmering away you know like just yeah, fading just, into it's, the back it's it would be sad to me like we know that character we love that character yeah, i don't want to see him just get watered down into mediocrity like that right it would be like are- if i don't know just there's a new captain on star trek and picard or cisco just says bye-bye without proper goodbye yeah you you do need a whole ensemble because uh, like this is what i'm actually worried they're, they're rebooting just about every other movie or show nowadays uh, i i'm 
I know the LA law re, uh, re continuation is in the can and I'm worried that that'll either be fun or it'll be too much. It'd be like, yeah, that was a bad idea. So I, I'm with you guys. You you do want to see your character done justice. Like I know Stargate's coming back, but if they're going to come back, they better, you know, they better be, have gone to the gym. <laughs> I don't want them just standing at a desk, you know, and I get it. Sometimes that might not be the deal. I, I'm fine with them just standing there, you know, giving a speech or holding the bad guy at gunpoint but don't like you guys say don't don't have acid don't have them just well they're there but they it was they might as well have not been there they didn't even speak you know <laughs> so yeah i, I i'm I, I got good hopes but uh you know i, I don't know how much they want to continue with this because obviously people are always going to tune in how much will be enough where they finally say okay that's it you know <laughs> now we're actually done <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, it, it's whether the ratings will support it. And, you know, in this kind of world now with streaming and so on and so forth, uh, and, and, you know, the viewing audience is so fractured that I don't even know what a good rating is anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know. And no, that, that, that is a good point because they're often the first or the last one, depending on the shuffle. So it, yeah, I, I do want it to be worthy of their time. And I, then there's other times where I don't want it to just exist just because, again... And the other thing is, and this has to be said, is that Mariska Hargate, this all really depends on Mariska Hargate, because if Mariska Hargate goes, I'm done, I think every other Law & Order show is going to die. I, because... I I agree. I, I can see them continuing Stabler's deal, but I, I even then he might say, you know, because Ice-T said the same thing. The minute anyone else, you know, packs it up he's packing it up too so and you know we already missed plenty of other heavyweights like you mentioned adam schiff he was a great voice mm -hmm. i already i still keep hearing rumors about detective munch making a cameo but i doubt it belzer's retired in france you know it's just, yeah this yeah. is not gonna happen and at the same time like you say maybe they were offered to return but it just wasn't worthy of you know the character or their time or because being on set, you know, that's what gets it to everyone. It's just the exhausting hours in the writing room, lighting and filming the scene all day. And, get, and you know, Dick Wolf, much like all his other guys who we worked with, like Stephen Bochco, was always the same thing where I'm going to allow a trap doors for you in case you want to come back. But I get it. We got to give we got to get used to having new people because inevitably you're going to leave or we're going to want to change it up a bit. And yeah, but I, I don't I don't think SVU could survive without I mean Danny Pino almost killed SVU. I mean you know, <laughs> I'm um, not a fan. Okay. Um, uh, but Mariska Hargate is I mean what what is uh, I gave up on SVU about 10 years ago, but SVU is what 25 years old now? Yeah. Is, is it up I, to 25? They they've done that and they've changed up a lot of the other uh, new guys. Uh, what they do good is just having the episode not necessarily be necessarily about an assault half the time. It's another just questionable right. takedown. And Stabler, I think, was a win because, okay, he's going to take down a lot of the people that only he can, you know, much like Goran can only take down lying psychopaths, only he can mm. right. look at the schematics and play dirty, like you say, without, and much like Jack, without actually breaking the role, just find it. Uh, you you give him plan A or B, he will come up with plans C through F. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it'll. I think Law and Order will survive as long as the ratings up. I mean, I, I think the biggest mistake ever was them canceling it in the first place. 
which was yeah. not necessary. Because they shipped um, it around to like AMC, I remember five years after that, and then they just said, no, just let it live on. And it, it took them a while to even embrace digital streaming because yeah. you couldn't always yeah. get all the seemings uh, seasons other than like the last four on Prime. And the DVD says long out of print and very expensive. So uh, with before Peacock, you know, and truth be told, now that's another quandary since they've taken most of the stuff off of Hulu and Peacock is so expensive in addition to the other stuff you're streaming on. I I am kind of worried about where people will actually be able to watch this in the future if they don't have cable or. If yeah, well, there's always I can't, you know, when I because I live in the States for six months of the year and it's like whenever I come down here, it's like there is a law and order on every single hour of every single day between <laughs> between we tv and the bbc america and all it's and it's like uh, now i don't think it'll ever go away it'll never go away it'd just be interesting just for future generations just like because some of those other shows that they you know crossed over with like they just remastered new york undercover for instance and it looks gorgeous. It's never looked better. <laughs> I have to think that if Tool has put their discography on Spotify, that all the seasons <laughs> of Law and Order, I may very well do that. Yeah, because Sp- I have true. to think it's going to happen. You know, like, yeah, because Spotify's <laughs> talked about getting into original movies or allowing anyone to upload anything, so it may very well become the next Daily Motion or YouTube. <laughs> well, it's funny because about half of the seasons are available easily. Yeah. On all formats, but not in any particular order. Like it's like four to eight or like 10 to 12. Yeah, it's a shuffle. And it's just confusing because you're like, they didn't have any music rights issues or lawsuits. I I have to, I wonder about the licensing uh, debacle in the background of that. And I I have to think it is such a popular show. I mean, we have watched and reviewed every episode of this series. Right, you can buy them off that iTunes. That is like a month of our lives watching this show. It's great, right? Like, for the podcast. <laughs> like, people want to watch this show. Yeah. Even people who hate it will hate watch it, you know? It's just... <laughs> you can just put it on while you're washing the dishes, right? Like, you can, yeah. you can follow it as closely as the three of us in this conversation do. Exactly. Or it is the perfectly serviceable background show. While you're goofing around on your phone, it's wonderful. You can. I use the dumb dumb anytime we're doing a debate or <laughs> ranking on here <laughs> to remind people nice. that there's going to be a hot take. Dumb nice. dumb. <laughs> oh. Things like that. I mean, they're iconic. Like they it are. Really people know what that reference is, even if they don't know the characters' names. Even if, although I suspect they do. People will recognize one of the actors because they'll see him in a movie before they were on the show or after, and you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> that guy. Um, and we talk about that a lot, who, you know, for a whole generation of New York actors, anybody who was anybody had a bit part in Law and Order. Right? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. You know, it's important to us as viewers, but I think it was also important to writers and actors and other folks who work in the background of that show. Like that show has kept people employed for 22 years. Like it's an amazing enterprise. Yeah, um, they, they definitely said that in the recent Paley Center sit downs a few years back. And they, they were all about it is like, uh, people would many actors were like now they're finally looking at my resume just because that, that's like five steps up from where i was <laughs> um a conversation for another day is what we make of dick wolf venturing into the podcast world Ooh. Uh, with a pretty good uh, a pretty good offering last year called into the dark woods there's just one season but i didn't know about that yeah it's pretty good it's it's sort of a 
I want to say it's a civic mystery, like it's like a grown-up Nancy Drew sort of a story, but it's good work. And so, I mean, I don't know what Dick Wolf is cooking up, but uh, I'm glad that he's still cooking up original Law and Order. Totally. Uh, I, I think, I'm sure he had fan mail from it for a while. He's like, let me find a better writing staff. Let me find a better group of people to that you'll actually want to follow around. But no, I see this now. Okay, so Dark Woods. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to make some serious time for this. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Give it a listen. Sweet, sweet. Okay. Wow. That's some serious cast attached to that. That's great. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I learn something every day. <laughs> so, no, that is true. Uh, they could easily... How would you feel if they even had a exclusive, like, special that was through podcast only because just about every other movie or show has an audiobook it seems i mean i'd listen but would the average <laughs> viewer listen uh, oh yeah but i mean i i know some of them off by heart that's what became the lullaby was was that i knew it was going to happen i could close my eyes <laughs> totally well this has been a delight having you all on here because this is eye-opening. It's cool to see what a fandom thinks of everything, you know, and, you know, uh, you mentioned, Oliver mentioned Criminal Intent earlier. For the longest time, for such a popular spinoff, couldn't find any synopsis of specific episodes or plot lines. It's like these shows were out before the internet really got good. And then, again, you know, like, uh, it, then it, as the internet was getting really good, like the, like you guys said, the con the way it was distributed changed as well. So it, it is interesting how I, I, I got good hopes for this. You guys are somewhat optimistic too. And obviously, you know, enjoy taking on every episode, good or bad, because it's just that appealing. It is that intriguing. So uh, it'll be interesting when I probably recap this maybe two years from now. <laughs> it's like, what's changed now? And We'll definitely do a character ranking. That'll be fun. <laughs> I can only imagine who's going to be at the top of the bracket and at the very bottom <laughs> will be the <laughs> usual suspects. Uh, and all together, um, so you guys have been doing this for quite a while, the 27th Precinct. I like your logo. <laughs> uh, Credit to Oliver on the, on the logo. Because oh, you really did. You made it sure it was the black, white, and red looking uh with a bit of yellow for the shielding <laughs> it's like that's awesome because for a often mentioned police station they really don't show the like an exterior shot all that much <laughs> uh so this has been a delight having you guys on um you guys are all caught up on season 22 technically season two of the return of this uh any other podcast ventures you guys are doing or thinking of doing wonderful luck well, I know that Aaron did a fabulous one about a show that you, I'm sure, would have enjoyed. And so, yeah, I've got nothing in the works, but if folks are doing a watch of Mr. Robot, um, okay. for years I was part of a show called Mr. Rewatch. And, Mr. Rewatch. Uh, <laughs> that was a really fun project. And so, and I was also part of a show called um, Dietcast, which was uh, about a feminist show uh, unfortunately, very short-lived. Uh, called Dialand that was on a few years ago. Oh, so you, so you were part of mind. that one. Okay, I did yeah. see an advertisement of some podcasts that were <laughs> covering it. So that's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you can find some of my archived work, but Oliver actually has current projects on the go, and you'll want to hear about those for sure. 
Yeah, one of them is um, we're uh, counting down. We're doing a little retrospective of uh, Star Trek: The Original Series, which Ooh. everybody everybody does. We're kind of doing Star Trek podcast now. <laughs> we're kind of doing it uh, in a different way. Uh, it's called uh, seventy-eight episodes, thirty good ones, and uh, oh. also, <laughs> um, ouch. If, no, it's all good. That's awesome. That's I love uh, that. And if you're a music nerd, you can join Jason and I every second week on In Your Ear Holes. So that's uh, you can find In Your Ear Holes or 78 episodes, 30 good ones on your favorite uh, platform. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. And uh, for for those who are trying to master the art of the binge wash, uh, what, what tips and tricks do you guys have? because it's a big time suck and you got to really want to do it and not a, some uh so I've, I've, I've talked to a few other similar podcast networks where they're all about that and I, I think it was what we why we love this or something like that and it's interesting how some people would be like totally want to cover it five episodes in i'm bailing no 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 you can't do that <laughs> so uh what do you guys recommend for doing podcasts that you know require extensive amount of episodes and rewatching? sometimes any tips and tricks i'll tell you the upshot of it is that when we did 20 seasons because we did the first 20 seasons in 20 episodes so aaron and i watched um uh every single episode within a two-week gap so 20 22 23 episodes within a two-week gap for when we recorded and it was fun to do but Aaron and I both realized that we never ever watched another episode of, of Law and Order uh, for about three years, maybe. Aaron, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let it circulate, let it die down to where you forget the details. Yeah. Now it's fresh and new again. <laughs> yeah, I, I it was it was fun. Uh, uh, poor Aaron had to do all the driving, so it was probably more Ooh. taxing on her. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember saying to my partner at the time, I need you to stop talking to me. I have 10 hours of Law & Order to watch today. (laughs) Um, But really, I mean, the thing is, these things are, it's a labor of love, right? Like every podcast um, where, (laughs) I mean, I would say, you know, don't sleep and shirk your responsibilities. Um, Right. (laughs) But my real advice, of course, is, you know, uh, hydration is important. And so are snacks. Yeah. um, You know. Um, we're very we're, we're very pro snack <laughs> very pro snack you gotta have a snack gotta get out the chips and guacamole and have fun <laughs> um but truthfully many of us are going to be watching tv anyway right so you might as well channel it for creative purposes but um primo binge watching snacks anybody first what's the first choice i heard chips Ooh. and guacamole already Ch- i totally it, it won't put you to sleep and you'll 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 at least have some veggies in your system, you know, be able to go, oh. take a restroom break. Uh, but uh, bring salsa if you're really peppy. You want something that's really going to keep you awake, especially if when when you see that really emotionally traumatic episode or the one where you're like, I want to prosecute, you know, <laughs> or that emotional outburst in court. And then it really gets in the mood. <laughs> uh, it, it, hell, even dark chocolate <laughs> snacks. Uh, Justin's has those. If you want some dark chocolate peanut butter cups, those really put you in the mood. <laughs> I noticed that, especially when I was rewatching through uh, LA Law and the practice. It's like, for whatever reason, it just works very well for a legal show. <laughs> doesn't make any difference for the action or horror anthology ones so much. Those ones are just like, hmm, my snack is more interesting than what I'm watching on screen. <laughs> uh, 
no, this has been a delight having you both on here. This was dynamite. <laughs> Well, thank uh, you very much for having, having us. us. Yeah. Uh, 27th Precinct can be found on Twitter. Do you guys have any other handles you want to promote, or is that good enough? <laughs> That's where you find us, and uh, we do encourage people to subscribe because we are looking at some winter giveaways. So Yes, so get those shirts, uh, those t-shirts. <laughs> exactly, subscribe on Twitter, and of course, you know, our individual handles will have um, whatever exciting stuff are up to you next. Bingo. Was there Nemo? Okay. You guys rock this. This was so much fun because it was kind of a more atmospheric kind of take as opposed to a, you know, just like, and then this happened, and then this happened. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank work. you again for having us. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, truly. Yeah. <laughs> and keep binging. <laughs> yeah. We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.